Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast. This is our episode on GeoGuessr Possibly versus Flight Simulator. I'm here with a new face to the podcast. It's Robbie. Hello, Robbie. How are you today? Uh, I'm better now that I'm not at work. That's an enthusiastic response from Robbie. You'll have to trust <laughs> me on that front. We are talking about GeoGuessr primarily, and we might compare it to Flight Simulator because I don't know about you, Robbie. I kind of know about you, Robbie. Uh, for 2020, these were our vicarious travel experiences. So I feel like I would start with the question, what is the deepest bond you've shared over a video game? Uh, deepest bond I've shared over a video game. Well, I think if it's a connection with people, it's probably with one of these two. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. I mean, growing up, I played way too much of every video game, but Halo 2 was a big one for me. So that one might be the deepest connection I've had with a video game, but if it's with people, then I think being stuck in quarantine with you joining in was probably one of the like biggest connections I've made with people around a video game. And do you feel like it was deep just due to the pandemic or the nature of like GeoGuessr, which I guess we're going to get into? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I maybe I was an early adopter to GeoGuessr because I I'd heard of it for a while before and had played it quite a while before. But um, yeah, we're kind of really discovering that exercise during the pandemic was a uh, it was really it was, a, it was fun and it was a really good it's hard to put into words isn't it yeah yeah it just uh, it it definitely fast tracked some friendship for for new connections yeah i think so too i mean to kind of part the kimono here to use a slightly racist phrase we have like a discord server and you had joined it i don't know like early last year i think early 2020 and my first memory of you also was kind of your prolific contributions to our geoguessr games and how i i feel like we kind of played it casually but then when you showed up it was like okay like not like let's be serious about it in a boring way but like this is something that actually is bonding this entire new group of people together in this tough time. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I have very fond memories of you from that time too. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I don't know how I would explain why though. It's not like this game is like particularly deep in itself, but something about the time we share and it is. Yeah. Cause at the heart of it, it's just, you're looking at Google maps, right? Yeah. I mean, you could also argue that it's not even a video game, I think. Ooh, that sounds like a good topic. But now we're, <laughs> we're jumping ahead of ourselves. I, I should share my deepest bond, which ironically is with you through Flight Simulator. I don't think I've ever felt deeper than when a new friend of mine showed me like where they grew up by flying over the real terrain data of that place and them explaining. I mean, like it vividly sticks out in my mind. You're like, I saw a bear here. Like, I remember the corner of the river. Like, it's something about that is so 
I don't know why, and I hope we can kind of get into it, but something f about that felt deeper than if we were literally standing at that river looking at it and you told me you saw a bear here. Maybe that's delusional, but something's crazy, but I think that's a little true. You know, I kind of have a real-world example where my I took my wife to my hometown, and yeah. I wanted to share those things with her, you know, all those memories that I had of the place. And, well, she was pregnant at the time, and we didn't know, so she was very tired and overwhelmed by the journey. So it didn't quite go as I had planned. She was like, what if we just did this in Flight Simulator instead? And you're like, <laughs> well, I love honest, you so much. <laughs> well, no, uh, she's not one to sit and like play video games very much. But honestly, like that experience of sharing where I came from, it translated better through Flight Simulator than it did in real life almost you know i mean granted she was tired and there was other extenuating circumstances but if i compare trying to share myself and my origin story one in real life and then two through flight sim the flight sim one worked out a lot better and I, and I guess that's like the whole founding premise of this podcast little on these two games comparisons right it's like i I totally agree with you, but I have no idea how to explain why that is, especially to someone who doesn't game as much as we do. And I guess I was hoping we could sit down and talk about that a little bit. But I feel like before we do that, we should say, what is GeoGuessr and what is Microsoft Flight Simulator? So GeoGuessr is a game by some Swedish dude. Robbie, you know what? I have a second opening question. Can you okay. guess what year GeoGuessr came out in? Oh, wow. Um, I'll give you a hint. It was designed by Anton Wallen, who's a Swedish IT consultant. How does that help me what year it comes out? It doesn't out? at all. It would uh, help. I mean, it helps you in the fact that you know that it's after the establishment of Sweden as a country. Okay. Well, with that information, You're I'm equipped going for a to, great answer. I'm going to take a complete shot in the dark and say that it was 2010. It's actually quite close. It's 2013. Okay. Which is pretty crazy, because um, I feel like we only really discovered it in like 2019. Like I feel like that's kind of when the internet like caught onto it. As for Flight Simulator, Microsoft Flight Simulator, have you heard of it? It's Microsoft's oldest <laughs> franchise. It's from I think 1982. I guess I should fact check that. Hang on. I hate that Wikipedia doesn't tell me right off the bat. Um, oh wow, Bruce Artwick began the development in 1977. 1981, he was approached by Microsoft's Alan Boyd, who was interested in creating a definitive game, which is interesting. I think that's true of gaming in that era. They're like, what if we make one game that's the whole game, though? Um, <laughs> in 1982, Artwork's company licensed a version of Flight Simulator for the IBM PC to Microsoft, which was marketed as Microsoft Flight Simulator 1.00 with two decimal points of precision. You know they're serious. Nineteen eighty two. That's a long fucking time. That's almost forty years old. So that's older than Windows, which is pretty crazy. Um Flight Simulator is obviously every time it's come out tried to be really realistic, a version of flight simulation, which I've always been afraid of flying, so I don't have like a huge connection to the core premise of the game, but I man, I feel like growing up as a PC kid in the nineties, like I I think I've played all the versions of these that I've been alive for. Were you an FSX kid on Steam? Like, did you play a lot of these? Yeah, pre-Steam, actually. I had the CDs and stuff and then lost them at some Ooh. point. Ooh. And then repurchased it for Steam. 
Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's all the intro we really need. I I feel like like Flight Simulator's whole purpose has been realism. I think GeoGuessr historically has just been kind of like I I don't know what it began as, but I know kind of the YouTube community around it is uh, insane. Like yeah, I I don't know if that's worth talking about at all, but like. The speed runs people can do of GeoGuessr, like guessing within 500 meters where they are, like instantly on the globe, is truly crazy. I haven't watched any of those videos. Is is there a meta around that? Like they've seen things very similar and they can make educated guesses based off that? I mean, I kind of think that their meta is kind of what you brought to our group when you took it from like a casual, like drinking Fridays thing into like an actual game we play, which which I think might be a good opportunity to like give you the opportunity to like explain GeoGuessr. Like, do you, can you describe it to us? Like what, what is GeoGuessr for someone who has no idea? Well, I think part of what makes GeoGuessr so interesting to me is that it's, very simple and in that simplicity it gives you many different ways to play and make it a game such as chess <laughs> yeah um so i guess when you first boot up a game in air quotes of geoguessr that uh, you get to choose your map and it will drop you down into like a google street view of just some place on the planet and you have to try to guess where you are based off a map and then the closer you get the more points you get and those games are like presets like great ancient european cities or something like that right yeah so say if you just want to stay in the u.s there's a u.s map if you want just anywhere in the world which uh hint it's probably argentina uh you can just go anywhere (laughs) in the world whoa cheats and spoilers here (laughs) yeah 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 or you can if you want something easy you can just do like uh major cities that are recognizable yeah Yeah, and you you can can make your own maps you can drill down to that specificity right you can say like i want a paris game Mm mm-hmm you can make maps for your friends. I, I dabbled in that a little bit. I uh, made some maps of oh. like outside people's workplaces that I knew, and then we got together and played it once. It was pretty fun. That's really fun. I didn't even know that. I threw DigiPen in there for you because I didn't really know uh, anything else about you at the time. <laughs> I am loosely affiliated but never have been employed by DigiPen. And the whole goal is the closer you get to the exact point of the map you respond at, the more points you get. Is it? Well, it's like logarithmic. Like, is it exponential or is it linear the closer you get? Yeah, just get closer, get more points. That's the extent of my understanding there. There are leaderboards, which are cool and vaguely intimidating. Mm -hmm. Did you ever, like, orient yourself around kind of like a score attack, or were you always kind of just playing for your own goal and the score was kind of a byproduct playing just for the edification of playing is how i like to do it and we'll probably get into the things that bring me joy in this game specifically but when i played frequently with a core group we got pretty good at doing the daily challenge it's a new map every day and i think it's five places and you get five minutes to guess and granted, we, we used some teamwork because there was about three or four of us trying. 
but we got to where we could get in the top 10 every now and then if you exclude the uh the cheaters i well so i was just gonna say slash ask like i think did you trust the leaderboard scores enough to like kind of compete with them or was it always kind of something where you had to discard the top like 100 people because they were all bullshit cheaters well luckily this game isn't well, maybe not luckily for the game, but uh, this game isn't super popular. So if you look at yep. the daily challenge leaderboards, um, yeah, for the one for today, there's only one person with a perfect score. And when you see someone with a perfect score, are you suspicious of them or do you kind of suspect they actually got it? Uh, I'm a little suspicious because it's the same map. So you could jump so you in with an account and, and then, it. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense you kind of get to know the names on the leaderboard if you play frequently. And so if you see somebody that's in the top like 2%, but they're not perfect every time, you can kind of tell that they're a real person and they're really trying. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Do you, Have the names remained pretty constant over the time you've played, like in the last year or so? Um, I think when we were doing it frequently, yeah. Yeah, we could recognize about 10 names that we would place next to frequently. I think that like a game, I mean, a game that you're into enough that you like know people's names in the leaderboard is really unique. <laughs> like I've never felt that way about any other game, but I remember feeling that about this. I don't know what your gaming background is, Robbie, but for me, I am not really like a competitive leaderboard driven person at all. And I can't remember any other game that I've like paid enough attention to the leaderboards that I knew people's names like you're mentioning like you know which players are cheaters just based on their name like i can't think of any other game that i've ever felt that way about and i think that that kind of speaks to this game's like unique ability to sort of like engage competitively but in like the most low-key and interesting sort of like ambient way does that resonate with you at all or have you always been kind of leaderboard driven in other games almost never leaderboard driven for me but there is i have pretty competitive when it comes to video games so that is an experience that i've had before i think anyone that gets pretty good at a competitive like matchmaking type shooter you kind of get stuck around the same like mmr skill level i guess that makes sense yeah after a while and you kind of get to know like so for halo 2 for example i would i was fairly high in the rankings and you would kind of get to know your opponents because <laughs> if you're playing at a certain time certain mmr like skill range you're gonna get matched with them fairly frequently and back in the days of when games had uh open voice chat where you could actually talk to your opponents um <laughs> uh -huh. you would you would really kind of get to know them and it was it was interesting i think that might be something we've lost in the gaming space i I mean, I feel like the greatest question to that is like, what do you think an open comms chat of GeoGuessr would be? Oh, I want to talk to those people. Definitely. <laughs> I do too. I'm not sure I want to talk to the average Halo 2 player now yeah. at my age. No, but I right. think I want to talk to the average GeoGuessr player. Yeah, I mean, and that might be part of our failing. Like, I'm sure there's some Discord communities around it and all that stuff. But yeah, maybe uh, we could the change we want to see in the world i don't know yeah i mean if this podcast had a huge audience it would be great to start a uh, a whole voice channel just for a competitive well i guess communicative geo guesser yeah i would be into that for sure 
I think that'd be really fun, especially with people from all around the globe, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I guess I never played this game seriously enough to... Well, I guess that's not quite true. I was going to say I never played this game seriously enough to have, like, a strategy or, like, a plan. But I think one of the cool things about GeoGuessr is anyone that has any sort of, like, passion about global cultures kind of brings their own series of expertise here, right? Like, I yeah, love architecture, sure. and I feel like... There are some regions of the world you can be like, well, Stalinist realism. I know what half of the planet we're in now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, it was architecture. But I don't think I brought that to the game competitively in a way that you kind of did when you like brought your passion for like nature and plants and scenery into it. Like That really kind of changed how I viewed this game into something much more competitive. I think when I first started playing this game... It wasn't like that. Maybe I hadn't grown enough personally to realize that passion and then be able to express it as a skill, if you want to call it a skill. I used to. I do. I used to. Just, <laughs> I used to just love trying to like do that detective work and figure out where you were and nail it down, like play the actual game part of GeoGuessr. But. I don't know, maybe it was being locked in my house for a year, and maybe it was getting older, maybe it was having a child. Just part of me changed, and I developed new interests, and uh, what the world looked like and is composed of was one of them. And for me, that kind of morphed into, when I played GeoGuessr, I wanted to... I wanted to see if I could find out where I was in the world just based on what it looks like. And to this day, like even me just saying that makes me want to start around GeoGuessr right now. I know. I'm having a hard time, almost more than any other podcast, like not just booting up the game while we're talking about it. Well, another part of it is just how easy and convenient it is to play, too. You can just turn the timer off and just look around. And I love that about it. It's like an ambient game that you get really competitive over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, it can move as much to the front or the back of your brain as you want it to. Yeah, sometimes if my wife and I are fantasizing about places to move, I'll fire it up and I'll just... Uh, <laughs> if the place I get dropped into looks a little boring, I'll make a random guess and then get loaded into a new one. And I've found many different places that are just fantastic to look at and I can fantasize about maybe buying a house there, but then I can't because they cost half a million dollars. God, that re- I mean, we went on a whole, I mean, yeah, we went on a whole rabbit hole about buying a house in England, right? Yeah, for sure. We, we saw some set of houses that was so ugly. We both were like, that's gotta be England. And we went home <laughs> shopping in England on the internet. Like yeah. it's so, it's so weird it it's like a it is weird i think one of the most like fascinating aspects about it is i know a lot of people who have traveled a lot but it doesn't feel like even the people i know who have traveled the most come away with the sort of like global sense that you get just by playing this dumb internet video game because because you truly see the nothing places of the planet yeah argentina um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um yeah I, 
I was trying to think about what to say about this game, and I'm still doing that as I speak. But uh, it's hard. Yeah, it really is. But earlier this week, I had the idea that it kind of reminds me of when I would go on road trips as a child, because it's the exact same uh, optics. You know, you're sitting in a car and you get to look around. And that really, I think that part really speaks to me. Like this, yeah, that aspect of the game. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah. But you're not limited to the Midwest. You get to go see. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, there's something like, I'm obsessed with like modernism versus postmodernism, but there's something truly like internet era about the fact of like, this is something that's like a road trip. It takes all the aspects of a road trip that are cool, but it removes all the like mm. physical constraints of where you even are in the world. And it gives you the as like access to the best aspects of a road trip without having to be there. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could argue that the best aspect of a road trip would be interacting with the place that you're saying, but I, I would say, that's true, though. I mean, maybe that's definitely not true in some places. Yeah. Argentina. <laughs> uh huh. I've been not. on many Argentinian road trips. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just all right. Well, we'll shatter the illusion here. If you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't have American signs, and all you see is fields, you're in Argentina. Just but a little <laughs> hot tip for uh, any geoguesser wannabes out there. That's such a weird thing. At looking at a part of the planet and like being able to like gamificationally understand that you're probably in Argentina because that's where most road data is. I don't know. It reminds me a lot of, um, did I ever subject you to astronaut.io? Yeah. Yeah. The, like you, you can kind of like, so astronaut.io is a site that indexes YouTube videos uploaded in the last week with no or generic file names with less than 10 views. But anytime you go to astronaut, there's like a, there's like always one person that's uploaded a lot of files. So it becomes like a self-emergent <laughs> drinking game where you're like, oh God, another another video of Vlad like doing a, a round car view of his another Mercedes he's trying to sell. Um, <laughs> and the idea of like a raw feed of the world that is like, I, man, I feel like this is like a stoner thought. But the, the idea of a raw feed of the world, but that you can also like gamify and start like thinking, well, you know, I have no data, but just based on my past experience, it's probably Argentina is kind of crazy and kind of interesting. Absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of other aspects that you can gamify, like say if you see Cyrillic and there's no other like indications of where you're at, you're probably in like very eastern or southeastern Russia. Just because... I mean, no other that's parts that's so great too yeah like the soviet union like a huge swath of the earth that uses the cyrillic language but yet there's so few roads in russia that are like street viewable mm -hmm. to any degree that like yeah I, I don't know it's all fascinating like your global knowledge of human culture can actually help you do well at this game especially friends that know different languages um if for some reason through your travels you've come across different like international phone numbers that can really narrow it down real quick yeah the, the like country codes mm -hmm. totally. uh, 
Let's see. But that's that's if you want to play that game that way, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. You can, like, only use the immediate context clues, and that's pretty fun, too. I kind of wish these games had overlapped more. I mean, we started playing GeoGuessr in, what, like, March of 2020? Yeah, I'd say and March or April, probably. Flight Simulator came out in, what, September 2020? Yeah, I'll so, take your word for so, it. Something like autumnal. Um, like now, it's interesting. Any place that looks remotely interesting in GeoGuessr, you can just pop into Flight Simulator and get sort of a more broader context of. Yeah. Um, and it, it almost speaks to the like, these games aren't connected in a sense because I feel like GeoGuessr puts you in random places and Flight Simulator you have to be a little bit more intentional about. But I think they both kind of get to this like almost emotional experience of a place. And I I don't know how to like start a conversation about that, but I, I do think that is what these two games have in common. There's something about flying over a place and understanding that it's the real scenery there that really is closely related to street viewing a place and kind of like feeling like you're in in another culture's life that i think yeah. is really fascinating and speaks to the kind of power that games have now yeah i wish i had a more intelligent lead question does that does that spark <laughs> any thoughts uh no well we'll see here uh i mean i definitely agree that it it gives you a sense of the culture i've definitely been thrown into some south american street markets and i really want to go check one out now after saying that you know i mean that might be some rose tinted glasses just because i don't have to deal with the language barrier or you know what i'm actually going to do when i'm there but, I don't know, but, but this game makes you like want to have to deal with those things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. As someone who does deal with that at work pretty often, it's not the worst thing in the world, and you can overcome it. It's, yeah, it's fun. It, it can be fun, yeah. And I think if you were seeking it out, it would definitely be fun. And, man, the just the feeling that you get when you get dropped into a Southeast Asian like mainland city with the uh, <laughs> utility wires just everywhere and there's <laughs> just people on top of people on top of crumbling looking architecture with trees in the middle of the road it's fantastic and it makes me want to be there more so than like reading a book about that city you know yeah i mean i feel like in our age there's this idea of like authenticity travel porn where the like idea is to go to the most authentic place possible and i have a lot of trouble with that because it feels like the more quote-unquote authentic of a place you go to the more you're like solely responsible for bringing like ruinous western capitalism you know and there's something (laughs) about geoguessr in particular that like throws you in the middle of real ass places in a way that I I guess like when I think about planning an international trip, it's just that, right? It's like planning. You you pick all these mm-hmm. like commonly cited waypoints and the farther away from your home culture you get, the more you have to like rely on websites telling you what to go to. And there's something about just being thrown in randomly in the case of GeoGuessr or seeing it in the totality in the case of Flight Simulator that feels so much like more authentic than even the like 
authenticity-driven travel experiences that our generation really values. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think that that authentic travel experience is going to fail unless you actually know someone there. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. I, I think that that might be the only way. Sorry, people that spent a lot of money on travel stuff. Um, yeah, you're either paying for like a tour or you know someone or you're kind of an imposter, right? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't go so far as to say an imposter as long as you're like enjoying the experience. But yeah, there's a bit of a sense of that. I think that Flight Sim really gives you the like the feeling of a place. I mean, I guess they both do, but in different ways. Yeah, it's like one's granular and one's grandiose. I mean, you would probably be surprised if you flew over the place that you lived right now. Just seeing it from a different perspective. And not even just like the one or two mile square view. If you fly over to those mountains that you drive by every day, or if you just kind of fly 20,000 feet and look at what the earth looks like that you zoom around every day and don't really think twice about it. It really, I think can give you a better connection to the place that you are or have been or want to go than just reading about it or just thinking about it. Do you, uh, do you get that? Yeah. I, I think of like, um, the no clip documentary on flight simulator. Um, when they talked with the Sobo studio and his studio and the studio head, like one of the things they were shocked about releasing this in the middle of like COVID-19 was that they kind of expected people to travel, to use the game to travel. But mm-hmm. I, I forget the stat, but it was something insane, like seventy, like they had metrics on where. People I think were it first was more flying. than that. I think it was north of eighty. Yeah, it's like an insane percentage of people went to their home. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I think that that does kind of speak to this. Like even just booting up the game, you have this sense that there is something, something that you're going to get differently by seeing it in the air. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's just the dream of flight, right? But. I think it's so cool being in a game because I think if like if I gave you a plane, Robbie, and I told you like you get to fly one place, and like in the real world when you're burning fuel and you're paying for it all and doing pilot lessons, I don't think people would fly over their home. They'd pick somewhere exotic. But something about the no cost proposition I think speaks to this like desire to see the things you're most familiar with from a new angle. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right; it is really cool and striking. It's, um, I don't know, even in the worst moments when Flight Sim isn't pulling down the geodata and is being grumpy and your <laughs> bandwidth cap is blown, like even in the worst form, your hometown looks pretty fucking interesting and compelling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I even had this experience maybe last week or the week before where I was flying around my hometown and I was up a little higher than I usually get. I think it was around 12,000, 15,000 feet. Did you make it that high in a cub? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just say I did. Uh-huh. Um, and I was looking around at all those little mountains that I've spent my formative years exploring. I, I don't know about you, but I explored a lot of where I lived. And it just, 
the perspective was striking because I didn't realize that just how like hilly and mountainous it was and how they were all connected and stuff. And I guess like if you sit there and think about it, of course, that's what's going to happen. But just seeing it for yourself as, as real as it can be in the video game, which I think is pretty real in this case, it was, it was really moving. It really is. I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I guess inherently the, the like perspective on a place you know is really moving. I guess I guess that makes a lot of sense. I could see that, but I guess I just didn't realize that that new perspective would be so interesting. Yeah, I think it's hard to convey that when you're like telling a a, a person who hasn't played Flight Simulator why they should. Yeah. Um, it's really yeah, it, quite cool. Yeah, if you're trying to sell it to someone as a good video game, I don't think it adds up very well. I mean, unless no. you're a giant airplane nerd. Which is uh, a good segue. Uh, are you a giant <clears throat> airplane nerd, Robbie? I am a little bit, yeah. I mean... Uh, Does this game disappoint you in the airplane front? No, definitely not. I think I was satisfied with X, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I just like the interactions with the machine that you can do, and and just like the how would you call what would you say the um is the word fidelity yeah i mean that increased but uh honestly it was it was good enough at nx i think but it's just so much more it's so much more immersive now i think which is weird because i i can get immersed in nearly any video game because i've been playing them my whole life i can just turn my brain into that mode and even some like line graphics can seem immersive to me but i think more things are interactive in the cockpit now than they used to be and then you can talk to atc and you actually get a real voice i don't remember if uh you could an X or if it was just text, but yeah, just all the, like all the rigid ATC calls and switching your radio. You can go through and try to do it as realistically as possible. And all the mundane, like radio changes and startup procedures. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hearing just hearing the air traffic control tell you about the weather is <laughs> the ATIS feels crazy. Yeah. So do you think it's disparate? I don't know how to ask this. Let's say Flight Simulator 2020 is like 20% more graphically immersive than FSX. Do you feel like it's more or less than 20% more immersive to you? I'd say more probably. Is this from the like the world perspective or just for like the aircraft like handling flying perspective? I guess just in general, like your time with it. I don't even know how FSX worked. Did it have the whole world as well? I doubt it. It wasn't great. It was very airplane-centric. So it just kind of... Did it have like one rough map of the world? Just yeah. Just really low fidelity with not really much building? Yeah. I don't know if you ever played Simcopter, but it wasn't much what better sure than that. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Yeah, so you had to really like the airplane aspect to uh, get a lot of value out of X. Boy, Simcopter is a reference I never thought we'd get to in this podcast. Thank you. 
<laughs> Maybe I've been waiting for uh, this Flight Sim game since SimCopter came out. I mean, and, that's fi- the only downside is you can't build a city in City Skylines and fly over it in uh, Flight Sim. That would be great. Yet. I downloaded the soundtrack for SimCopter recently, and boy, let me tell you, it sounds like it's from when it's from. <laughs> I believe um, it. Yeah, it's really hard to talk about Flight Simulator without talking about the sort of like AI-driven entire planet is in this game. I, I feel like we've both played enough that we've seen the highs and the lows of that, but <laughs> even the lows of that, like when the terrain data is not working or when it's just horrifically fucked up are just so interesting. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it, I feel like it's the most boring thing on a video game podcast to talk about the like technical achievement of the graphics, but this game is really something. Uh, I think uh, it, I think it matters here because the, the technical achievement gave us this moving experience. Whereas X didn't, you know? Yeah, I guess it's like, I I feel like we went through kind of like after the PS3 and after generation was all about like bigger isn't better, more graphics isn't always better. We kind of want originality. And then along comes Flight Simulator that's kind of like um, really invested in, I I don't know, it's doing those same things. It's like the biggest open world uh imaginable but it but it really works and i and i guess it's because like it's not like a far cry game right where the bigger the world the more far cry there is like in this (laughs) case it directly harmonizes with the point of the game which is to like the mechanic of the game is to explore the world and the world being bigger therefore like truly resonates with that whereas like in a far cry situation in a the mechanic is the message sense the mechanic is more of conquering the world so the bigger the world gets the more like there's almost tension there because it's it means the more work you have to do. Yeah. Whereas here, like it's only opportunity. Well, yeah. The ocean does get a little boring, but yeah, the ocean is boring. Someone should fix that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to look at it from a different perspective, you could, I don't know, role play that you're doing a transatlantic flight and then be busy in the cockpit managing the autopilot or coming yeah, up I with mean, scenarios. Who, who did that? It was Rami Ismail who did, who flew from Europe to America like on a physical human corporeal plane while playing Flight Simulator the whole time, right? I think so, yeah. Which is great. I mean, I can't imagine anything more, but I don't know if it's the... But, okay, Robbie, let me ask you a question. Is it the most fun to be on a plane flying the same plane in a game, or is that the least fun? Uh, well, I've never been on a transatlantic flight, so that sounds terrible to me. Just the flight itself, <laughs> I so mean, any yeah, kind even, of escape. I think even like an hour-long flight from one part of one state to another, is it doesn't seem... I mean, it's delightfully meta, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I do love flying. I love flying out of Arizona and seeing just, like, the the land features and stuff on the way to Texas. It was fantastic. Yeah. I always want a window. I always want to see... Now, like, hold on. By from Arizona on the way to Texas, do you mean New Mexico? We, uh... I mean, Don't kind acknowledge of. the existence of that state here in Arizona? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... It was 
I don't know. I guess I should specify that like the part that I found very interesting was the return over northern Arizona, northern New Mexico. Interesting. It, it was just very, very pretty. And I think Flight Sim gives you an opportunity to experience that pretty well for free with Game Pass and without yeah, having yeah. to deal with the TSA. And if I get so much enjoyment out of looking out of that window and seeing what the Earth looks like, the that window isn't very different from my computer screen, you know? I mean, I can't interact with it through the window. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't really know if this is the place to bring it up, but when I went to the Grand Canyon, I think south side, um, a few years back, there were so many tourists and so many like people that I just didn't feel like I was able to get like a good experience of the true like colossal scale of it. Mm-hmm. And I left feeling pretty disappointed and unenthused. And I went to Monument Valley, which I was, you know, obviously much less people there, and all of them were Europeans. Um, <laughs> That's been my experience, too. Yeah, they're like, we saw this on every movie you've ever made. And it's like, you'd think that would bring us here, but it doesn't. <laughs> which uh, is a shame. Yeah, but it, there's like a whole genre of like weird walking simulators on Steam that are like photorealistic epic games engine or epic unreal engine like captures of places like there's iceland and japan and there i i feel like we're getting really close to this world where the version of um tourist sites in a video game is just as compelling if not more so than the real world um and flight simulator simulator offers this weird version of that where that's true but also you get the whole like sure seeing the grand canyon school seeing the grand canyon in 50 percent fidelity from the air is cool seeing the grand canyon in 50 percent fidelity from inside the canyon in a little cessna is really cool <laughs> yeah i don't know if you did that flight with us but when we bombed the canyon during a storm that was fantastic it's so cool like and i think that's the interesting thing is even with this game not at not truly perfect and visually like 100%, it's still really cool, um, which is kind of interesting because Flight Simulator gives, a, gives you a different scale than GeoGuessr. And GeoGuessr lets you get more like up close and personal, but it's it's almost like between the two of them, you get such a neither level can you get by actually traveling unless you're really lucky, and I think that's so fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe doing all three, flying over a place, scouring it with GeoGuessr, and then going and experiencing it yourself. Maybe you could do those scouting missions as a way to kind of see what you want to do to make your uh, your travel more efficient. But honestly, a lot of the places that we either fly over or look at in GeoGuessr, it brings so much satisfaction for some reason. I can't explain why that I don't feel like I need to for most of them go to yeah yeah absolutely there's there's almost some sort of like travel goal completionism that uh that both of these games bring up I mean I've been shocked at the places I was more interested in going after experiencing them in each of these things and less do you have an example of what you're less interested in going to see now uh put me on the spot um, <laughs> London, 
is a oh, good really? example. It's like a city I'm culturally interested in, but like a lot of the like experience of going to a big city, I feel like it's kind of the like. I I sound so biased, but the like architecture, the urban planning, the like, like what is the city's feeling and vibe? Like how is it laid out? What does it feel like to be there? And it's almost one of those things where the flight simulator experience is better than it would ever be on the ground. Because when you're on the ground, you're kind of trying to piece together like what is the like viewpoint of this entire thing. But I think on the flip side, like Loch Ness and, and like Northern Scotland around Inverness like it's just so like it's the kind of landscape that I just want to see from the ground as well in a way that I have a hard time putting in words no I, I definitely know what you mean I don't know if the people listening are going to but <laughs> ha- have you ever been in GeoGuessr on a random little village in northern Japan uh, no, but I've flown over northern Japan with you. <laughs> Every single rural Japanese road that I get dropped into on GeoGuessr makes me want to move there so much. <laughs> Not just see it. I want to move there. I never want to leave. <laughs> yeah, that is the other side, right? Sometimes you're like, ah, I don't really feel like I need to go here. And other times you're like, I must invest in a house. Yeah, Definitely. What would I do there? I don't know, but I need to see it. Unclear. What else do we say about these two games? I feel like you haven't told me of your emotionally transcendent experiences in these two. Have I had them? Well, absolutely, I've had them. Do I know how to put them into words? Well, you're going to try. Well, I think that was an example. Every time... I see those, like the way that the the people live in that place. <sighs> Maybe northern Japan just like speaks to me because it was this is similar latitude to where I grew up, and <sighs> at least I think it is. The, the plants that grow there are similar. I'm going to fact check that while you tell me about your transcendent experience, and then I'm going to tell you you're wrong, okay? Uh, I'm only partially wrong, I'm sure. Okay. When I feel homesick, and I've felt homesick quite a few times in this last year, not being able to leave my house currently, I've really remedied that with GeoGuessr and FlightSim, and... Getting dropped into some random northern Japanese rural town, I can see the parallels of like this place that these people care about so much, and it reminds me of the place I grew up. I don't. It's it speaks to me in a way that I don't know any. I don't know if any other video game that I've played in the last decade has, or ever, really, for that matter. And um, it's it's so hard to explain why that is. Maybe it was the people that I played it with. Doubtful. We're goobers. <laughs> goobers I have a connection with. Uh, I don't know. I get dropped into some Pacific Northwest uh, road, and I just feel like I'm at home, even though I'm living in a desert that doesn't feel like home most times 
It's um, just, go on. Am I right or wrong? Well, I did want to fact check you. You are largely correct. <laughs> Great job. Do um, you get homesick also for places you've never lived? Or is it mainly a connection to home? No, I, I've definitely been homesick for places that I've never lived. If I if I made some like transcendent experience there or feeling there. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you can satisfy the, that homesickness? Or I guess, do you get homesick? I don't know if... I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's very related to what you said. I always feel homesick for places I've never been. I've never felt like I've had like a true home geographically. And I've always wanted to travel the world more. But I, up until recently, I haven't really had the money for it. So it's interesting to... Something about GeoGuessr plus Flight Simulator kind of helps me understand more of what I really want to experience in travel. And the things that I think a lot of people go to travel, but I don't really need to go to to experience. Um, boy, how do I put that into words? Like, uh, I man. Like... I guess flying over like Patagonia was a really interesting example. Kind of um, helping and not helping, wanting to go there in real life. Um, there's just a sense you get from the air in Flight Simulator. Of course, Patagonia is a region of Argentina, right? So I guess we've probably seen it <laughs> a fair number of times in GeoGuessr. For sure. Um, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's almost like there are some aspects of these games that give you more of what traveling actually gives you than actually traveling would. And I, I don't know why that is. Um, Maybe it's the things we value from travel. Yeah, I kind of think here. so. Like, I'm really interested in how cities are situated within a region. And honestly, Flight Simulator is a better way to get that sense than actually going to a place probably is. Because, <laughs> like, what? Depends on what time of day I fly in to the, and what angle of approach I have in the airport, right? Yeah. Um, and kind of like you were saying about the South American street markets, like, you know, I can go to these places, but who knows if I'll get what's, like, randomly selected in GeoGuessr. Yeah, I don't know. It just gives me lots of really interesting existential thoughts about what is the purpose of travel and like, what are we looking for? And does a computer actually solve this better than, you know, a travel agent would? Well, there's definitely arguments to be made either way there, you know, but yeah, I think absolutely. this we, is a... We are missing the human connection. Right. Well, no, not really if we play it together. I mean, there's, oh, the, you local, right. there's the local human connection. Maybe we both love these games so much because we feel like we've gone on trips with each other and other people to places that we've given meaning just through this medium. I don't know. Do you, So you and I went to a Arboretum when you visited me. Would you say that that experience was fairly similar to something like a drunken geo-guessing playthrough, I guess? <laughs> no, I would... Well... <laughs> no, <laughs> what a tough question. No? 
Okay. Um, and no, I mean, there's a granularity you get by like walking around an arboretum. That, sure. That is what GeoGuessr's missing, right? Like your goal is to find out where you are. It's not to find out the cultural context of where you are. When you, if if we were randomly spawned in an arboretum, it's really hard to like. Um, <laughs> it's it's missing. I, I was going to say senses. it's hard to learn about plants, but that's the whole way you play this game anyway. So yeah, I'm not yeah. sure that that's like. Yeah, I I don't know. It, there mean, is a difference. There there is, but I think. Would you say they're in the same ballpark for sure? I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I I feel like it's more like, um, like if I go to L.A. versus getting L.A. and GeoGuessr, I'm much more likely to see a random side street of L.A. that I that even if I was there, I wouldn't pay attention to. And I think GeoGuessr like facilitates a deeper inspection of even the most unremarkable places that I feel like it's the whole thing you want to do when traveling, but it's so hard. Yeah, I can see that. Whereas in Flight Simulator, it's kind of the opposite. You can kind of focus on the details, but to do so, you're going to be losing something because it's not like they're they're high fidelity, but they're not super high fidelity. Like you, You're kind of better off taking the forest wait, forest for the trees instead of the trees for the forest i don't know whatever the phrase is <laughs> sure um and that's kind of why i think there's such a great pairing and then when you travel in real life you're kind of in the middle oh. yeah in the middle and uh and like when you're in the arboretum you get to smell things and you get to hear midwestern moms yelling about gila monsters and things like that which may have been the highlight of the arboretum i'm not sure Oh, I definitely think so. I think uh, I think we might be running out of ways to not explain how we feel. Yeah, do you want to wrap it up? Um, yeah, sure. So, Robbie, how do we wrap this up? How do we conclude this talk about these two fine games that are the opposite end of travel porn? Well, just like the rest of this episode, I'm not entirely sure. Whoa. But... I think definitely everyone needs to play them. If they you enjoy... think everyone should play both? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you definitely get something from booting up Flight Sim, even if you don't care about airplanes, you don't care about your bandwidth cap. Yeah, <laughs> well, you might want to care about that, but and just fly over a place that you think you know and understand and see how that changes. It might not change much, but I bet you it'll probably change in some way. I think that's a very sage and uh, good... Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you have a recommendation on how to best play GeoGuessr? Let's see... I think there's there's a <sighs> no, just pick a map and jump in. I think daily challenge is good. Like the, yeah, the more random, one. the better. The less you think you know about where you're diving in, the more of a the more of a geoguesser experience you'll have. Absolutely, and do it by yourself. Play it with other people. Talk about 
because I, I guess we didn't really get into all the different ways that you can play GeoGuessr. So do you want to go through that before we wrap it up? I would love to. What other ways are there? Well, I mean, it's all self-driven, right? You got you're harassing your best friend for not knowing where Manhattan is. What, what else <laughs> you got? So I personally like dropping into a place and just without moving much, without looking at signs, without you know trying to f- identify what city you're in. I like getting a picture of the scenery and trying to figure out what part of the planet I'm at just based on what kind of plants grow there. Ah, uh, yes. The conservationist emerges. <laughs> the conservationist detective, I guess. Yeah, if, you're if, like, if deciduous or evergreen. Right. Let's well, go. All right. That's a little too binary there, sir. I need you to comment. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to project onto you. You're much better at that than I am. <laughs> but, I mean, if I can kind of get a local region, then I'm satisfied. But I'll play with other people who are more interested in getting points and that's what brings them joy is to try to get as precise as you can and then there's other people that just love looking at the things just so you're saying your point of the game is to like familiarize yourself with the whole planet as opposed to some other people who are kind of trying to play it for like specificity and points yeah i guess and I mean, I go back and forth, but I guess I am trying to uh, figure out where I'm at and what those places look like. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I feel like when I play it, I'm trying to like identify cultural patterns and like, what about this place is like behaviorally unique, and what can we tell about that through the environment? And that's, I think this is a perfect three or four player game when you get three or four different people that have different perspectives. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. You can all add on to each other's enjoyment of the game. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think, what did we, what was it like if a building is red, it's in Norway? Like what? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, like. If it's flat and tree-like, it's Finland. Yeah, like learning to differentiate between the Scandinavian countries is really fun. Like, it it's I, fun if yeah. you have more than one clue because northern boreal forest is very hard. Yeah, totally. I also love the like the intense skepticism of like. I I think you're right that this appears in like three to five people parties, but like. Someone's like, "Oh, the circle over the A means it's Swedish," and the other, the the rest of the group being like, "Press X to doubt." Like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> it, it it might be true. <laughs> it's just weird when someone. And I remember feeling that way when you would like, "Oh, that's a fucking cicada tree." I know cicada is an insect, but for the purposes of this point, it's like, <laughs> I, I'm sure that's wrong. But he's so confident. It's got to be Argentina. He but said was so. It wrong? It, I, I usually <laughs> it never wasn't was wrong. well. Not usually, yeah. And that's really fun. It's fun, like all those like conclusions that each person reaches independently are so fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why we got to be so good at the daily challenge for a while too. Because we would all work together. I would try to pinpoint like the region broadly and then you would bring something else to the table and then someone else would bring like the real specificity and like 
remind us and keep us on track? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Do we like GeoGuessr because it's a team building game or because it's a travel game? Is GeoGuessr even a good game? I have no fucking clue. Is it's it barely even a, game? a game. It's the yeah, it's the game we make of it. Yeah, maybe this is more about us than the game, but those high score leaderboard chasing moments are definitely game like. Yeah, for sure. Um I mean, all right, here's your here's your here's the real finale question. Is Flight Simulator or GeoGuessr more of a game? Oh man. <laughs> I think honestly, I think it's GeoGuessr. Yeah. Yeah, but just barely. Yeah. <laughs> That's what a great question. Uh do you want to try to rate either of these games? Oh, they're both as high as it goes, whatever scale. You're pulling an Alberto, you're going to come in here, the the only two games you're going to have rated are going to be 10s. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just going to rate things by my feelings and they've both given me such great feelings and experiences that I can't give it anything less. I mean, I agree. These are like that weird side of games that's almost not about the game itself, but about the connections you make along the way. TM, TM, TM. Um, I think also the like, I, I guess one final question is, do you feel like these games would have been as special not in a global pandemic? Um, no. I Because I had been introduced to GeoGuessr previously, and I had fun with it, but I think maybe not pandemic-centric, but without the connection from other people because i just played it solo before it's it's less and i think the same thing for flight sim as well we need a will on this podcast because i think you and i are both very relational so these games are very special to me and i have no idea if they're good games or not (laughs) but do they need to be good games Everyone no, should play. I, I don't think so. I agree. Especially GeoGuessr. You're right. There's no barrier to entry. It's fun. It's stupid and it's interesting. Um, and if you, I, I also think Astronaut.io is kind of interesting in just the same way. I'll yeah, put I that think in the show links. I think they are almost the same vibe, which is odd. Yeah, like, it is odd. I don't know how I can draw that connection, but I, it feels right to say that. Totally. All right, buddy. You got any closing thoughts? Um, let's go to Japan. <laughs> we should probably finish our circuit of Japan before we commit, but <laughs> even nevertheless, I agree. Yeah, that's it. Um, everyone needs to play it. We need to make a Discord community to get more people to play it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Go play Sweet. GeoGuessr. Until next time. Bye, Later. Y'all.